Today on the podcast, we answer your top questions on ministers' taxes. Plus, get access to two helpful new resources from ECFA on ministers' taxes made easy. Informing, encouraging, and supporting your church. You're listening to the Excellence in Church Administration podcast from ECFA. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Michael Martin from ECFA. Today, I'm joined in studio by my friend, Dan Busby, president of ECFA. We just wrapped up a fantastic webinar on ministers' taxes made easy, and we promised to do our best to make ministers' taxes easy. So, Dan, how do you think we did on that? Well, Michael, using the three words, ministers' taxes easy in the same phrase might sound like an oxymoron to some people, but I think we did our best. All right. We gave it a shot. (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things that is so great about this webinar, like the others that we do here at ECFA, is really all the questions that we get in from listeners like you. In fact, on this webinar about ministers' taxes, we had so many of them that we didn't have time to cover them all at the end of the hour. And so, Dan, I don't know, maybe that means we didn't make it quite so easy or the topic's just a little tricky, but we'll let we'll let everyone else be the judge on that. So anyway, we just thought we'd extend a few of those great questions over here to the podcast today. Uh, but first, Dan, maybe before we do that, I think it would also be helpful for folks uh, if we just did a quick recap here on a few of the special tax provisions for ministers. We also shared about five keys to making ministers' taxes easy, and then uh, let's just dive into those questions. So, Dan, um, why don't you kick us off here with those special tax provisions for ministers? Sure. Well, I'll be happy to get us started with the special tax provisions for ministers, and there are six of them. First, exclusion for income tax purposes of the housing allowance and the fair rental value of a church-owned parsonage provided rent-free to ministers. Second, treatment of ministers who do not elect Social Security exemption as self-employed as it concerns income from their ministerial services. Then number three, exemption of ministers from self-employment tax under very limited circumstances. And number four, exemption of ministers' compensation from mandatory income tax withholding, and five, related to number four, eligibility for a voluntary income tax withholding arrangement between minister employees and the church, and finally, number six, the potential double deduction of mortgage interest and real estate taxes as itemized deductions on Schedule A and as housing expenses for housing allowance purposes. So there's the six. All right. Well, that's a good intro, and that's very helpful because uh, certainly in the world of ministers' taxes, it's it's not as straightforward as maybe as, as it is for other employees. So that recap is really helpful from what we covered on the webinar. And then also as well, related to those special tax provisions for ministers, we'll unpack that a little bit. And we said that there are really five keys to making ministers' taxes as easy, and I would also say as effective in terms of stewardship as possible. And here are those five keys, just as a recap. Number one is understanding proper tax classification. So, Dan, as you just mentioned in the special tax provisions, uh, making taxes easy and also legally compliant, I should say, begins with understanding that ministers are considered employees for income tax purposes, while they're also considered self-employed 
for Social Security tax purposes. So the proper treatment here really sets the stage for the rest of the minister's tax situation. So that's key number one, understanding proper tax classifications. Key number two is maximizing expense reimbursements. Dan, you know this as well as I do in many churches and ministries across America. Ministers will pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars each year in ministry-related expenses that go unreimbursed. Um, and as a result of that, are no longer deductible as miscellaneous itemized deductions. And that's as a result of tax reform here over the past couple years. Or there's also the case where ministers might be reimbursed, but those are considered taxable because the church hasn't properly established an accountable expense reimbursement plan. There is really just no excuse for that. Um, that's just poor stewardship. So key number two is for the employer to establish and follow an accountable expense reimbursement plan so that all of those ministry-related expenses can be reimbursed back to the minister without any tax consequences. So now you probably see why that is key number two, maximizing expense reimbursements. Key number three, leveraging the housing exclusion. This is one we've probably all heard of. Uh, we often call it the minister's best friend for tax purposes. Key number three is to leverage the housing exclusion because it is tax-free for income tax purposes, although do note it is taxable for social security tax purposes. Um, being sure to understand all of the expenses that are eligible for the exclusion within certain limits, that's certainly important for leveraging it. Dan, there are many ministers who don't realize all of the expenses that may qualify. Um, it's not just rent or it's not just the amount of their mortgage. And so we have a helpful worksheet on the ECFA website that folks can follow to maximize that income tax exclusion. So we're moving right along here into key number four. And again, these are all just review and recap from the webinar before we get into your questions. Key number four is to consider all forms of compensation. Um, so here, we can be creative in maximizing other types of tax-free, tax-deferred, and there's even some taxable forms of compensation that can be helpful to round out the minister's tax situation, but just be sure that you're considering everything in its entirety. And then uh, logically, as it might follow, key number five is to pay taxes properly. So at the end of all of this, there is the payment of taxes. So although it's not required, it is helpful for a minister and their employer to establish a voluntary withholding agreement. That was one of the special provisions that we talked about earlier, Dan covered. Uh, you can do that really as simply as having the minister complete a form W-4, and by doing this, it can help the minister pay the proper amount of income and social security taxes throughout the year. And then remember, at year end, it should be reflected in box two of the W-2 as federal income tax withheld and not boxes three, four, five, and six as social security or Medicare tax withheld. Because again, ministers pay into that SICA uh, type self-employment, social security, and Medicare. So I know that we ran through those really quickly. If you still need a study on any of these areas, I encourage you to go back, listen to the full webinar for a deeper dive. Um, it's available at ecfa.church events. You can access the minister's taxes made easy in the webinars on demand section. So all right, without further ado, we are gonna turn now to some of the top 
tax questions that you sent in from the webinar. And again, this is just a disclaimer. You're going to have to forgive the lawyer in me, but ECFA does not offer professional tax, legal, or other advice. Uh, but based on some of the educational content and the resources that we provide, hopefully we can at least help point you in the right direction. So Dan, based on the questions that we received, and there were many of them, we're going to highlight just the top ones that came in. Can you kick us off here with the first couple? Yes, I'll be glad to take a couple. Uh, one was any idea what it will cost to opt back into Social Security or how that would work. Well, it's been since 2002 that ministers had an opportunity or an open window to opt back into Social Security, but we do understand that that legislation is uh, maybe introduced eminently by Representative Mark Meadows, um, and and if that would happen, then um, then the IRS would un undoubtedly provide a form. Uh, the IRS is great on forms. They provide a form <laughs> of how ministers could opt back into Social Security, and so so stay tuned on this topic um, to ECFA's uh, news page on our website because just as soon as any legislation would be introduced. Uh, we will get that that word out there to you, but we would anticipate that that ministers would not have to pay back Social Security taxes that they could opt back in prospectively. But all all those details uh, will come in due, in, due, due, in due time. Um, one other one quickly is the fair market value of church provided housing taxable for self employment purposes. I understand it is exempt from federal tax. Well, there are two types of housing exclusion the church-provided housing, or parsonage, and minister-provided housing um, under the housing allowance. In both cases, there is an exclusion from income tax, but not Social Security. So to answer the question, yes, the fair market value of church-provided housing is taxable for a minister's Social Security purposes. Um, ministers pay under the SECA tax system, the Self-Employment Contributions Act tax system, not FICA, the Federal Insurance Contributions Act type of Social Security. Well, Michael, take a couple more. I will. And actually, the one you answered is a good segue into this one, uh, also related to housing exclusion. And the question is, does the housing exclusion have any carryover provisions? So from year to year, and the questioner goes on to say, we have a situation where our minister has a type two exclusion, which Dan, that's what you just referred to as a housing allowance. Um, and they say it is more than their annual income that's due to a large down payment that they put on a new home. Can any of these housing expenses be carried over as a housing exclusion to a subsequent year? Well, that is a great question, and it really speaks to some of the limits that we talked about on the webinar that are related to the housing exclusion. One of those limits is the fair rental value limitation. And so just like in a case like this one that's been described in the question, the actual housing expenses for the year were probably quite high because of the down payment. But again, you have to take the lowest amount of the limits, um, one of which is the excludable housing allowance cannot exceed the fair rental value of the furnished home plus utilities. And uh, again, to get to, to the, um, the question here about the timing of this, again, the housing exclusion is a yearly provision. Unfortunately, there's not a carryover that would offer additional tax benefits in a future year. So minimizing the amount of a down payment, Dan, as we've uh, seen in past practice is really a good strategy in a lot of cases for a minister. Yes. 
All right, I'll take another one of the questions here, and that is, if the retirement benefit to ministers is calculated based on total compensation, is the housing allowance included in total compensation? The questioner goes on to say, I would assume so. Otherwise, ministers are denied a substantial amount of benefit? Well, that's a question I I wish we could answer, but um, it's really related to how the organization makes that calculation. You know, in many cases, I would say yes, but again, this is up to the organization's definition of how they calculate their retirement contribution. So uh, there's a couple for you, Dan. How about you lead us with a couple more? Okay. Well, the question is, could you talk a little about documentation needed for reimbursement of individual expenses under an accountable reimbursement plan? especially the business purpose, why? I'm a church treasurer and my ministers have a tendency to submit receipts frequently without documentation of the actual ministry purpose. Um, That would be the only church where that's that's ever ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was thinking the same thing. Right. Uh, But the questioner goes on. Maybe they assume it's obvious and maybe they don't want to document a lunch with someone they're counseling. Any suggestions on minimum requirements I can communicate to them? Well, this is an age-old problem. It's not the only church that's ever run into this. And yes, just to review, expenses incurred by a minister may be reimbursed tax-free if they are done so under an accountable expense reimbursement plan, which requires, first, business purpose or ministry purpose, church purpose, number two, substantiation, and number three, return of any excess reimbursements. In other words, if the church advanced the money, um, return of any excess amount. On the substantiation piece, it's easy to remember using the five W's. Why, business purpose, what, description, including itemized accounting of costs, when, the date, where, the location, and who, names of those for whom the expense was incurred. For example, the names of the, the people uh, that uh, the, the minister might have taken to lunch and their relationship uh, to the church. So back to the, the main question on the why, the major point is to communicate the business purpose. The description doesn't have to be long, but should help clarify the reason for the meeting and that it clearly relates to the church's ministry purposes. In the case where the purpose might be sensitive or confidential, you might have a policy of indicating a broader explanation such as pastoral care or ministry. So take it away with some more, Michael. All right. That's good. That is such good practical advice, uh, situations we, we all deal with on a regular basis. Well, let's move here into a few questions that I would put under the heading of being medical related. Um, first one says, my church gives me $125 insurance reimbursement each pay period. Since I don't take the church's medical plan, is this taxable income? Well, that's a good question. Also a good refresher on fringe benefit. Uh, payments that are outside of salary, like the one in this question, uh, again, they have to meet a specific exclusion in the tax code to be considered excludable. Uh, Payments by the employer for group health insurance premiums under a qualified plan are one example of an excludable benefit. We also could uh, mention reimbursements or payments that are made under certain qualified plans like health reimbursement arrangements or health savings accounts. If I'm just looking at the question on the surface, in a situation like this, it would sound like reimbursements are not part of a qualified plan that meet those formal requirements. So they would be considered taxable just like 
ordinary salary. And again, that's just taking it based on some assumptions from the question. Uh, another one here, in some circumstances, the church will cover medical expenses of employees that are not covered by our group health insurance plan. Is this taxable to the employees? Uh, sometimes this is done by reimbursement or by direct payment to the healthcare provider. Well, actually, this is a um, good relationship to the question above because the answer would really be the same. If the payments for medical expenses are done through a qualified, a formal plan, something like a health reimbursement arrangement, they may be considered excludable um, from income tax, tax-free. Um, if they are made informally or otherwise, they would not qualify as tax-free fringe benefits. All right. Well, let me take a couple more, Michael. So uh, we, we talked on the webinar about uh, medical cost-sharing plans. Uh, so the question is, if the, if the church or ministry pays for it, um, that has to be reported as income. Did I get that right? Um, what if you pay for actual insurance or, or did I miss something? Well, yes, it's our understanding that, that cost-sharing arrangements do not meet the tec technical definition of insurance. So any payments made on behalf of employees um, in conjunction with those arrangements would be considered taxable, both for income and Social Security purposes. Another question. So to be clear, if a missionary moves, um, who is a minister, any of the related expenses uh, for the move are taxable, uh, moving expenses like shipping, uh, shipping furniture and, and the like. But what about uh, if their job is to travel back and forth between a, a mission location, either, either internationally or domestic? Uh, would would the, that travel uh, cost be expensed? Well, the question relates to the change we saw in tax reform beginning in taxable years for 2018, where we lost the tax benefits that used to be available under certain conditions for job-related moves. So yes, unfortunately, now when you have a situation of a missionary moving or minister moving, paying their job-related moving expenses is taxable, and they're not tax deductible to the missionary or the minister if paid out of pocket. So any payments for these moves by the employer would be considered taxable income like regular salary. Second part of that question, payments for travel back and forth um, to, to a missionary field location could be considered business expenses depending on the, the type and nature of the travel. If the travel is, is ministry-related, and reimbursed under an accountable expense reimbursement plan, then there are no tax consequences to the minister. But this, again, highlights the importance of an accountable expense reimbursement plan. Well, wrap it up for us, Michael. All right. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I think the time's coming to the close for the podcast and the time that we had, but hopefully even just getting to hear some of those questions kind of gives you a flavor of what we often experience on one of our ECFA webinars. Uh, so Dan, thanks again for taking time to be with us today and answer those great questions that we received on minister's taxes. We're really providing even more help in this area with our latest free minister's taxes made easy ebook. Um, and that is over 80 pages. It contains more helpful tips and explanations, including 
including two sample tax returns for ministers, which can be really helpful. But even better than that, we also just released, brand new this year, a series of new short videos as bonus content to go along with the ebook. You can access all of these resources on our website at ecfa.church, or you can email podcast at ecfa.org, and our team would be happy to get those to you. Well, once again, we've come to the close of another podcast here, and we have really enjoyed this time with you. Hopefully, we've done at least a little bit of our job here of making ministers' taxes easy. Well, thanks again for taking time to listen in and for sharing this podcast with a friend. We look forward to being with you again soon for another Excellence in Church Administration podcast.